I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Mike, my Mike, Mike. No, 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 we're doing the ad. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, this episode is brought to you by Harry's Razors. Harrys.com uh, forward slash think tank to get yourself an absolutely unbelievable, unbelievable shaving deal. Mm. When you see this deal, you'll think that you've shaved so deep, you've cut off part of your brain because you won't be able to understand how good it is. That's right. But you won't have. You'll just have shaved to the perfect depth. With Harry's, if you've already taken advantage of the ad, that is, and have Harry's. Otherwise, it's unlikely. If you're using other other razors, you probably are accidentally self-lobotomizing. <laughs> That's the risk you take mm. every damn time. You don't and use Harry's. To be honest, you deserve it, right? <laughs> and even if you haven't self-lobotomized, mm. you've probably become so numb to the world mm-hmm. because of the disappointment and mm-hmm. the failure and the pain that is a part of every non-Harry shaving experience. But you no longer need to be a loser anymore. Mm, correct. Harry's.com forward slash think tank. I've got some more to say about this later on in the program. A lot. A lot. A lot. I'm going to I'm gonna unleash. Mm-hmm. Okay. But anyway, I'm going to take off my Harry's travel cover that I keep on my head at all times to keep me under control from hurting people. Mm-hmm. And I am going to, I'm going to lash out. And let loose. And let loose. All right. Mike, 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 yeah. <laughs> is that is that what you were going to do with it anyway? That's exactly what I was yeah, going to yeah. do. So it's a so perfect it's continuation. Of, I think mm-hmm. you, you chose a really interesting time signature. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just great to be able to bring your vision or, I guess, auditory hallucination mm-hmm. to reality. That's right. Mm. Mm. Oh, it's interesting to think of a thought as a hallucination before, like, you know, like a... All the, consciousness is a hallucination. But the Alistair. creativity is that you is that you have a hallucination mm-hmm. and then you try to bring that hallucination into reality. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, mate, like, that's, that's what also, I do. Mm? My, because mm? I live in a very hot area. Yes. Uh, a lot of the time I try to always bring my creativity to life and i try to just put some water in the distance <laughs> okay some sort of shimmery just, water in just the on distance. the horizon so, there so the way i do that is i just get a really high pressure hose mm. like that and then i just try to like shoot at a very you know mm. i guess towards the horizon mm. um, especially on a road mm. i just kind of shoot it over there and then i just try to make a puddle very far away yeah so you have a lot of water in yeah. this hot area, you've got access to huge amounts of water on tap somehow. Yeah. 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 But you're still still looking at the horizon thinking you see water over there. You've not seen that when you're just like in the distance? Oh, yeah, you see on yeah, the... yeah, yeah. But this is, this is, I'm not talking about like somebody who's dying of thirst kind of thing. I'm just talk about, talking about being in a regular hot area yeah. where the horizon is shimmering. Well, I'm a, And I'm I a, have. I'm an artist, so I've brought... A, a, mm. a trailer with water in it mm-hmm. and a high pressure pump mm. like that and then I'm just doing it because I'm an artist these are my, the, these are my materials that mm. I work with you're a water artist yeah well yeah. I'm well I just this is the current project that I'm on you're an oceanographer I don't but you're like a to... creative oceanographer well I'm a puddleographer oh right yeah. <laughs> which is a which is a subcategory of oceanographers mm. is people who just work on sort of the science of puddles Right, sort of micro-oceanography. Well, it'd be interesting because if you think about puddles, right, they're only around for a short amount of time. So what kind of life really lives in there? I mean, we know mosquitoes probably Probably breed in there. Thrive. Mm? Sure. Sure. But it comes and goes. Puddle is a very important part of the mosquito life cycle. I think um, puddle 
puddle oceanography mm. it would be a very dynamic, very vital, very current field, mm. constantly changing. Mm. I imagine it's it is you know you would probably have a bit of a rivalry with the the big oceanography mm. who sort of other other big guns. But when does their world ever change? Well, you know you know of um, storm hunters. Mm. There's the people who f- sort of follow them very much in their tracks are the puddle hunters. <laughs> yeah, quite come... literally their, their, their footprints yeah. filling with water. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then they go there. As those people leave, you know, it helps if they're sort of the tread of their four-wheel yeah. drive sort of leave a big indentation okay. in the mud. So is this, a, is this a sketch? Puddle hunters? Well, puddle hunters, they're, they're puddleographers. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they study the science of puddles and stuff. And, mm. They hate kids yeah. who ruin their puddles. Yeah. Look, Alistair, I don't think this is necessarily a very interesting or very good idea, <laughs> yeah. but I love it. You love that it's, it is an idea. Yeah, I love that it is an idea. But as a side character. Yes. He's the bad idea side character. Yeah, okay. Every, so, like, you know, okay, so, you know, like most TV shows, they have a, an, a, an A story, a B story. Mm. Well, this show that we'll be a part of will have an A story. We'll have a B story. And then we'll have a shit story, mm. <laughs> and it'll be a third one. But we never, we don't even give it a letter, yeah. To 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 sort of give it the credit that it deserves. And it's always there's always one shit character, yeah. with a weird storyline. And this guy is a but crucial to the over uh, the the mm. the arc of the whole episode. Mm-hmm. Well, what about the shit story plays out exclusively during the ad breaks, mm, right? Don't know so about we- that. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that idea at all. No, no, no. Ah, oh, but that'd be a great shit story. Okay. <laughs> what about this then? What about this? We go mm. back to all the great TV shows yeah. of all time and we work out what was happening during the ad breaks. Because it mm. seems like things don't really change between the, the end and the start of the next one. Like, right, not, not much progresses. But something must be happening because time has elapsed. Mm. And that's to me, when the shit story takes place. Has no impact on the rest of the plot, yeah. but does fill time. Sort of like, so wait, because now there's, there's two things there. So wait. Yeah, yeah um, at least. It's either, it's either the stuff that happens in the ad breaks, I guess is what you were mm. saying. There's also the stuff that happens in between episodes. Mm, so it's okay. like, you know, so Ross, you know, found the, uh, f- you know, he found the egg fossil. I was picturing friends as well. Yeah. <laughs> he found the egg fossil or whatever. And then he walks very slowly and un- uneventfully back to the museum and puts yeah. it on the shelf. <laughs> so that's that's a great in ad break one. And then in between that and the next episode yeah. where he gets a pet monkey, mm-hmm. what happens there for him to lose this interest in this egg fossil and mm-hmm. then be all about this monkey? Yeah, I mean, it sounds fascinating, doesn't it? Like, basically a story about somebody losing interest in mm. something. Yeah. And then... These are this- <laughs> These guys could be called the Segway hunters. But that's reality. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Segways, you know, there's a lot of implied Segways, a lot of missing links, Mm. I suppose. And you would hunt hunt those things. Yeah. Absolutely. I guess similar thing you could do with Looney Tunes. Mm. You know, after they get really injured, you know, after Wile E. Coyote Mm. gets really injured. The rehabilitation. Couldn't we show the rehabilitation (laughs) part? The amount, because I mean, the... He seems like a pathetic character, but if you saw the amount of work he had to do to learn yeah, how to walk again. It's quite inspiring, isn't it? <laughs> and then for him to still be driven to get this stupid bird <laughs> that doesn't even look like it has that much meat on it. I think Wile E. Coyote's recovery, mm. inspiring recovery, forms a really strong relationship with one of the nurses, okay? that um, not Not a romantic relationship, but like, you know, one of one of mutual respect as they they would initially regard Wiley Coyote as as some sort of eccentric, almost sort of sociopathic character. Sure. But yeah. then they come to understand what he's gone gone through mm. and gained through and gained through absolutely <laughs> and gone through mm. and and then they would like what it would be like to watch this little wiry little creature. Mm. Struggling to walk, overcoming multiple spine fractures. Oh, absolutely! That determination, we could all learn a lot. Yeah, he. I mean, accordioning of the skin. Accordioning to you. Accordioning. <laughs> um, yeah, I. Um, 
think that's a really beautiful story. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, great. Um, what about this in-between <laughs> episodes and ad breaks thing? Is that worth writing down? No. Okay. No, no, no. I, w- I wouldn't. That's great. I wouldn't think so. That's great. Um, I mean, the only way that I could see it happening would mm. be like, maybe it's something that they would do on like a Jimmy Fallon. All right? Yeah. They would get together some of the members of ca- the cast of Friends yeah. and they'd have them talking on a couch and they'd be like, you know, what a lot of people don't know is that the show kept going during the ad breaks. Yeah. Um, wow. And and then they would talk about some of the little This would be really plot lines and stuff. I think this would be too weird for Fallon. Yeah? Yeah. What happened during the ad breaks? That's him doing an impression of Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> On Friends? <laughs> well, he, well, the Friends cast are there. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I can see why if you're picturing him interviewing them as Jerry Seinfeld, <laughs> I can picture why you think this is too weird. <laughs> I, think, I think that he would, the idea that, I think, I think the idea that the show continues during the ad breaks is too weird for him, for them to recreate the scene. During the ad breaks? Mm, yeah, especially because the cast that they'd have to get together would be so much older. So much older. And then also that he would rather do something like they would recreate that famous scene where Joey puts on everybody, you know, puts on all his clothes mm. or something like that. And then that would be it. They'd mm. recreate it or they'd redo it. And then they'd be like, could, you know, Matt LeBlanc would be mm. hiding there somewhere. And they go, could you be wearing any more clothes? Mm. Mm. Again, <laughs> still, and uh, for for uh, for three minutes and eighty seconds, three yeah. minutes and eighty seconds—that's a standard measure of time. <laughs> I think a minute should go up to eighty seconds. I find a minute. Some minutes. Are, are we sure that all minutes are the same length? Oh, that's a very good question. You know, like we 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 believe that the laws of physics apply everywhere in the universe, mm. but we can't be sure. We haven't. Similarly, checked. we don't know that minutes are the same length everywhere. Have we kind of just measured what, like, what is the thing that the amount of time it takes for a thing to go around a thing? Mm. Is that how much a second mm. is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Is it is like a quark to go around a, a blob? Yeah. Yeah, to stick it and pass away through a, an oxygen yeah. crank, you know, ain't. Atus? Atus? Come on. I wouldn't say something like that. Okay. I think it would be pretty cool if we looked close enough and we found that every nucleus of every atom has a little butthole. Well, I guess if anything goes in, if we could find out that anything goes into an, a, a subatomic particle, then we know that it probably needs a, a way of getting out. Mm. Mm. And that would be that would be the butt. I mean, if every living thing kind of has a hole to let things out. Mm. But, you know, some things, they only have one hole. The out hole? Eh? The in hole. Well. Oh, they use it for both? Yeah. I believe it would be some sort of super cloaca. Well, yeah, absolutely. It would sort of, I guess you're less of a creature. You're more of a plastic bag. (laughs) (laughs) You're a sack. You're a sack. Yeah. You know, because. A colder sack. Yeah, I guess so. Mm. An ass of sack. Mm. That's what cull. Have we already had this conversation? Probably. Feels like something I would bring up every time. We need to get a new topic. Yeah, you think? I don't Uh. know. (laughs) Um, Do you have trouble focusing? Me? Yeah. Uh, Do I have trouble focusing? Yeah, I think so. Mm. I think so. I'm having a lot of trouble focusing. Yeah, I mean, I keep my beam pretty wide. As in like you're focusing on lots of stuff at the same time? Well, yeah, but only to a very shallow extent, I think. You know, so it's not you, a very powerful beam. It's not a very powerful beam because it's so wide. You know, mm. you want to have intensity. You want to be able to burn through something. You mm. want to be able to blind the pilot of an incoming seven three seven, causing them to crash into a nearby swamp. Because he's... but <laughs> everyone's okay. Wow, I guess that, that that changed everywhere. Everything that I when you were doing that, I thought you were flying over the ocean, and then mm. suddenly there was a swamp. Yeah, well, they don't. They were. They were. They were landing. That's. I think that's when it happens a lot of the time, right? The a lot of the time, the shining of the laser pointer directly mm. into the eyes of the pilot. A lot of the time, it mm. happens when they're coming into land. Well, I think. I think the Chinese use that when when uh, creatures, not creatures. I mean, uh, countries are exercising freedom of navigation in the South China Sea. Yeah, right. I think they there are reports of you know oh, people, with airplanes, with helicopters and mm. boats and things like that of. Yeah. People shining lasers into the eyes of people piloting. Right. 
to try and like get the fuck out of here. I wonder if you can make some kind of glasses mm. that just block out lasers. Lasers. But you can see regular You can light. see regular light. That is an incredible bit of um, – because it's like you can – you can't see really focus. But I guess something that clips off high and inten- like, yeah, really tough, right? You might have to have like a little camera and some kind of screen and filter the mm. filter the footage. Yeah, and then again, it's pretty complicated, and you've got probably got latency and all sorts of things, and that's probably not what you want when you're flying a supersonic jet. Yeah, I guess mm. so. I I think that they would have a lot of trouble shining lasers into the eyes of a jet traveling at supersonic speeds. Mm. Mm. But I think if a helicopter, you could sort of just be like, you know, I guess like it's like a, you know, a sniper with a scope and you just got to shine the laser into them. Mm. None of this is sketches. No, is no, no, but that's okay. I was, I was distracted because I was trying to think about, you know, how like, you know, we've, and we've talked about this on the show before, mm. how like, uh, you know, a, a computer game might yes. get turned into a movie, right? I'm thinking of the Sonic, right? Yeah. But there are so many different um, types of, um, uh, forms of entertainment, forms of media, mm-hmm. right? We only really ever sort of hear about the big transitions, which are, you know, movie to computer game, computer game to movie, book to computer game, computer game to film, mm-hmm. film to book, uh, and, you mm-hmm. know, and, and those ones there. But I think there's, you know, and those are sort of the transformations, like, you know, like of subatomic particles trans- transmuting into a different subatomic particle, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yep. <laughs> but there are probably all sorts of other little ones going on, you know, that we don't even detect because mm-hmm. because they're so so subtle, right? So like it it'll be uh, a, uh, a a road sign mm-hmm. uh, getting turned into uh, a, a street sign. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I was sure there was going to be a yeah, way, yeah. No, a place like, for this to but, go. But there are things like, uh, you know, uh, a birthday pl- proclamation. Yes, uh, yes, being turned into uh, a greeting card. You see what I've, you see what I've, uh, the shit that I, that I've put in front of you and tried to make you turn into um, something. It's a, you know, it's a, uh, uh, an overheard train conversation mm-hmm. turned into a conversation a, at home a, or a, a letter gra- to them. Uh, newspaper, a daily humorous comic, mm. Mm. a comedy bit, mm. an ob- an observation about a an inner mind observation mm. about a homeless person. Yes, turned into a stand up comedy a vocalization that is only used, said once when they realize it was inappropriate. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean that's that's something. Isn't that's it? true. Things are always transforming, well, mutating from one form to another. Mm. And um, and I, for one, am against it. I yeah. think everything you should think, just stay as what it is. Do you think when you, let's say, you have a thought and it gets turned into a something, you mm. should be paying one part of your body mm. for the other bit, for, you, the, for the rights? Well, I mean, if it's the brain that's coming up with the idea, mm. it's very often the, the sort of the face that gets associated with the idea. That's true. Right? So uh, the face gets a lot of the credit, I think, for work that's done by the brain. Of yeah. course... The brain then does feel a mm-hmm. lot of the good feelings that come from the recognition yeah. and the um it kind of even though, the, even though the face gets the credit mm. the brain sort of takes takes it anyway mm. Mm. I guess it's just because the body kind of accepts itself to be as a whole it mm. it pictures itself as a whole mm. and it kind of feels everything that it gets so it's like even though you don't poke your brain mm. with a stick mm. if you just poke the face with the stick mm. the brain kind of takes that personally mm. yeah i wonder what it would be like to poke the brain with a stick we need to we need we need, you know you know when mm. um <laughs> Uh, Evan, Evan Munro-Smith from Stupid Old Studios. Gamey, gamey, gamey Gamey, host. gamey, game host. Which I appeared on just the other day. Check it out on YouTube. Mm. Gamey, gamey, game. Really great, very funny episode. He got a little thing that plugs into the top of his phone, right? Yeah. From, he got it off Kickstarter or something. Goes into the uh, the stereo socket for your mm-hmm. headphones, your headphone jack, right? And it was a little button. It's a little button that goes in there, yeah. right? And then you just click it. And it's just like an extra button for your phone to have. Now, what I want, mm. right, is that, but with the brain, okay? Just a little a little hole yeah. in the skull, and then it doesn't have to be much. It doesn't have to be very complicated. It could yeah. just be a little stick 
that goes in there. And it pokes your brain. You can press that and it pokes your brain, right? And now we have another way of uh, putting input into our brains. Mm. Now, what is that? what effect is that going to have over yeah. time? We don't know. But I think it's like anything. Mm. You just learn to use it. Like you learn to use your arms and legs through a process of trial and error. Sure. Right? You have a little, drill a little hole, put a little stick Figure in there. Figure out what it does. You tap it. Could make right? you blink. Could make you blink. Yeah. Could, sure. <laughs> could make you, could be a button and you, when you press it, makes you feel searing pain. <laughs> I'm going to say there's a chance, a good chance. Oh, that could be one of the many features that mm-hmm. it has. Mm-hmm. It could also make you fall and collapse and sort of like, uh, it, it you know, who who's to say that we don't need a button to make us go floppy? You know what? I mean, it's a thing that would be very useful for teenage boys at school. Mm, eh? Yeah, correct. Yeah. You know how sometimes you stand up, but you wish you were lying down? Mm, that's what I this meant. This is the way to do yeah. that. Um, <laughs> um, do you think that's anything? Do you think this could be a sketch? Yeah. Yeah? Drilling a hole in the brain, getting an extra little button? And then, and then, but, and, and I think what the the thing was with this... With this thing that Evan had in his phone, yeah. right? You could sort of program it to do whatever you wanted to, right. right? So maybe there would be like training regimes, forms of um, occupational therapy that you could then go through yeah. to teach you to use your new brain button oh. in exciting new ways. The go and floppy thing, I think, would be really good mm. if you were just laying down on a water slide mm. and you were just like, you know what, like that, and then you just start going down. <laughs> I think you'd be relaxed whilst going down a huge water slide. <laughs> So this is for people who have trouble lying down on the water slide? No, no, no. You've already had to get yourself into the lying position. And then... You go floppy. Yeah, because I think if you... You don't think that any kind of structural integrity is useful when you're going down a water slide? Well, of course you're going to have some structural integrity. You're not removing your bones. The other thing doesn't remove you. It's just it allows you to relax in what is, at the beginning, quite a stressful position. Quite. Depending Quite. how high up you are, mm. you know, and so you press that, and you go ah oh, full flop mm-hmm. like that, and then you can just watch yourself fall. I guess until mm. you get control of your body again, hoping that you don't fall into it, like you don't let arrive in a big pool of water before you get control of your body again. It's like what? <laughs> fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, you wouldn't be able to cross your fingers. You'd be too floppy. No, yeah. Or um, they might just fall floppy. But it, it, to me, it's like then, you know those little toys that you get little wooden like a giraffe or something standing up on a little box and there's a button yeah. underneath. You press that and it releases the string that's holding the the giraffe together. The giraffe just totally flops like that. But for people, mm. Mm, the flop button, as we say, could be used for other things. Could well, be think, used for the searing pain. I think pain. it'll be very personal mm. what it does mm. to each person because I think it can very much depend on who you are. It can yeah. also depend on exactly where in the brain Absolutely. you sort of drill it into. I think so. <laughs> I think so. You know, different things. It could make you, you know. This will be a thing that people start doing at home. You'll just mail away. It'll, maybe it'll be illegal, but you'll mail away and you'll get a little kit sent and you'll be able to, there'll be instructions and a little mirror and stuff and a light and you'll be able to drill a little hole in your own head. I think there are pop people, because that's, that's an old, very old technique. Trepanning. So, trepanning. Did I tell you about this? At one, at one point I was reading I about these people who, well, this guy was like, look, I'd read about it. This was, apparently it's very good that, you know, and so... Um, that, oh, you know, the reality is coming home. <laughs> what we've been talking about, you know, but I that, don't like it. And that you know, uh, something happens with you know, if you do that, then it the amount of blood that can get in or something like that. You know, something happens that allows you to get childlike wonder again. Ooh, I wonder what. <laughs> and so, <laughs> when the ambulance will get here? Yeah. But I wonder it childlikely. <laughs> I'm excited to hear the sirens when it arrives. And so it was this that whole thing anyway. And he, and was, he did it? He did it. And he was like, yeah, I think I do feel. <laughs> oh, I want better you know? than I think. But it's just that I want thing better of like than I think somebody I is drilling into his head. Mm. And it's like, oh, well, they, you know, obviously they got to keep monitoring my eyes to make sure they didn't go too far. And they hit, yeah. he might have hit a little artery on the way. and A little artery. But just it's one okay. of the little brain arteries. Hmm. Mm. Ah, the things we do for wonder. Imagine, imagine how stressful your life would have to be to feel like you needed to relieve the stress by drilling into your head. 
Well, that's where the demons are. No, I suppose so. I mean, I think it's time for demons to make a comeback. Yeah, you know, as part of medicine, because that's ancient. That's you know, ancient Western medicine, really, isn't it? Mm. Right, you know, ancient ancient Eastern medicine. That's you know your herbs, mm. your just ground up tiger's penis, that kind of thing, that acupuncture. Kind of ancient Western medicine, drilling into your brain because there's demons in there. That's right. It's not crazy. <laughs> I mean, ancient people were doing it for centuries. Yes. It, therefore, it is good. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we've looked back now, and nobody's been able to find any demons. Seems like it was probably pretty successful then, mm. doesn't it? Or maybe there's some problem where we've accidentally, we've actually sort of somehow got the demons out of their life cycle through the diff- the way that we've um, that we've started living our oh lives. We've started wearing shoes, and demons can't get in through our feet the yeah, way that they used yeah. to. And it turns out the demons were actually a very like p- f- formed performed a useful role in the human digestive system. Yeah, and they were very important for mental health. Mm. They were and, <laughs> okay. and gut flora, you know, like they were <laughs> they Well, helped. they're kind of mind flora. They're mind flora. That's mm. right. So maybe the amount of it's like, yeah, of course, when one demon takes over in mm. your brain, that's quite bad. It's demon imbalance. That's right. But to have lots of demons in there that are fighting it out and they each kind of get different, you know, mm-hmm, like they each get mm-hmm. quadrants and things like that. And they Diversity, fight. biodiversity. Exactly. You know, they keep each other in check. Demo-diversity. Yes. Mm, okay. Yeah. So maybe the problem then is about getting more demons in because you don't want to perform one of these broadband exorcisms that gets rid of all the demons. That's right. Because then... Now, Any demons that are left behind. Yeah. So mm. then you, you got to start taking pro-demonics. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, the problem was when we exercised. Oh, this is why this is the genuine problem with why there's so much mental illness around mm. these days is because of the lack of. Um, uh, mm. Do you think somehow, uh, sort of, uh, Silicon Valley could be involved in getting this happening again? This is what all the CEOs are doing. This would uh, probably be something that would kick off in Silicon mm. Valley—a sort of a new tech mm. app-based approach to. Demonology, but also like a just a slick, a slick sort of Apple-looking kind of company mm. that helps you get demons into your life very easily. So there's just a mat that you roll out that's already mm-hmm. got the sort of uh, the mm. uh, not the crucifix, but what's that? Whatever blood, the runes the, are, there the, the pentagram, the pentagram on there. Mm. But it's you know it's got built-in beautiful like crystal shards mm. and different things like that, so that when you walk, it ble- and... your feet bleed, and then. Allows the, the and they demon. have like goat's blood and that sort of thing, but the goat's blood has been processed. They've got out just what are the crucial mm. um, molecules from the goat's blood, and now it comes to you in a sort of like a just a just a just a beautiful white, milky kind of um, kind of paste. That you oh, just it's just the plasma. On you only need there. the plasma. Just the plasma. That's the demonic part of the mm. goat's blood. Yeah, it can't. You don't need. Surely you don't need all of it. Yeah. Right. You do, does it need to be liquid? Mm-hmm. Right. Let's process it. Let's. Turn demonology into a wellness. Yeah. Demonology for wellness. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah goop. yeah. goop. We could be the goop of demons. Oh, see, that's a good idea. Mm. <laughs> goop of demons. I'm writing that down. Um, Here's the problem is that you don't have a demon in your penis. Mm. Okay. <laughs> uh, modern men have lost their virility because they've lost their penis demons. It's... Actually, sounding really quite compelling. Yeah, and it, a goop for men. Mm-hmm. It's all demon based. Um, I think goop for men, demon based goop. <laughs> goop <for men. laughs> yeah, the power of darkness and all that sort of stuff. That's that's absolutely mm. yes, yes. Who would we, you get as the face of it? Ron Perlman. Oh, it'd be hard not to get Ron Perlman, <laughs> wouldn't it? Um, I mean, I'm just thinking of that because he was in Hellboy, I suppose. So maybe yeah. it's a little bit obvious. Um, do you think uh, Salman Rushdie? Because <laughs> you're thinking of the satanic verses. Yeah. Yeah. I guess but, so. But, but also th- he does look a little bit evil. Here's a good thing about Ron Perlman. Yeah. He looks healthy. He yeah. looks He looks sort of a bit wrong. He looks but very pretty wrong, but virile. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's completely taking care of himself. Yeah, and he's managed to make what he is mm. work beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that is kind of what beauty is to a certain mm. extent, as long as you've got all your. There teeth. was somebody who said 
who did a really great tweet that was like, I think what I've realized about Adam Driver is mm. is that in order to be really hot, you gotta be kind of ugly. Mm. Yeah, interesting. And, yeah, and I think that there's 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 a real truth to that. Yeah, I think there's a fair big lie in that as well. No, I but think I think there's a lot of people who are hot who are just real hot. Yeah, that's true. Really, too. really yeah. hot. <laughs> yeah, but not in an interesting way. Uh, yeah, I suppose. I suppose. I think to be beautiful in an interesting way, mm. that means that you got to be ugly. Okay, uh, you're right. Hey, uh, while we're talking about beauty. Yeah. You know what I think is beautiful? Beautiful, smooth face. Oh, absolutely. And you know what else I think is beautiful? Ease of access to quality German-manufactured, precision-engineered shaving products, the likes of which you can get from harrys.com forward slash think tank. Alistair, did you know that humans have been shaving for thousands of years? That is a thing that I would definitely know yeah. if I had done the proper research. Correct, correct. And 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 having been shaving for thousands of years, mm. you'd think we'd have got it better by now. Well, we have. It's Harry's. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have to use sort of that rock that's been sort of smashed into a point? We don't have to, okay? Quality, durable blades at a fair price of just $2 per blade are available if you sign up to Harry's. But that's not all. Listeners to our show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com forward slash think tank. You get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, a rich lathering shave gel, mm-mm, delish, with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Easy to grab. You just mm. grab at it. You yeah. don't even have to think about where you're grabbing it. I don't right? ever think. How? Well, It's well, perfect for me. Exactly. And But before... Think about how much of your life was spent thinking about which end of the Harry's of the razor, not Harry's, before Harry's, yeah. which end of the razor you were going to grab. Yeah. Right now, add all that time up. You're probably getting to weeks, if not years, of your life That's right. spent carefully deciding where to grab the razor or the Harry's correct. blade cover, travel blade cover. You don't have to think about that anymore ever. Just grab. Just grab. Don't think. Just grab. Oh. That That's be, their official slogan. That sh- if it's not, it should be. Yeah. yeah. Harrys.com forward slash think tank and start shaving better today. God. I mean, maybe not today. I, I imagine actually, it takes a little while to I shave arrive. today. You, you, and you look good. Thank you. I shave because, you know, we, we have a role on where we're going to be in films, you know, so we always have to shave on the day oh. that we go in. Remember yeah, that? <laughs> Why? 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 Why are you saying that in such a pointed way? I'm not, I'm not saying it in a pointed way. It's just the thing that we do. Yeah, I have to film something as well, and I haven't shaved, so maybe I better get Harry's.com for slashing tank. I think there probably would be one just around in the. I think there's one in the office. Yeah, yeah, maybe I'll do that. All, All right. right. Um, now, um, do we normally do four sketches, then a three words, or do we? No, do we normally do five, five and, and then, then three, three words. words. Okay. So. Um, so let's you know. earlier when we were talking about the ocean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking about the ocean. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's swamps on land. Mm. Are there parts of the ocean that, that are, are kind wetter? Of, that are like, <laughs> well, I was, that could be good or slimier, like that. Um, but little parts that are like reverse swamps mm. that are like little dry areas in the ocean. I mean, I think that would just start to become just land again, wouldn't it? I know, but in the ocean, there are things. If you go deep enough, there are areas. I've seen this in some footage where there's super salty water, Mm. pools of super salty water under the water, and they look really cool and weird. Yeah, and you can see the two layers. Mm, The layers, the the... the junction, you know, Mm. and then you can, I don't know, poke it or something. Yeah, poke yourself and be like, oh, my God, I'm poking myself. (laughs) (laughs) So go deep, deep underwater. And have a poke. And have a poke. wonder what the deepest anyone's ever masturbated in. Really good question. <laughs> I mean, down at the bottom of the Mariana Trench. What you're doing, mm. I don't know. We've probably done more wanking on the surface of the moon <laughs> than we have on the bottom of the ocean. Somebody, do you think people have masturbated on the moon? I think they've definitely masturbated in space. Now, the question is, yeah. how have they worked out mm. how to dispose of everything? N- well, 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 how long until we somebody does wank on the moon for a start? Mm. Right? But 
Um, yeah, how have, they, how have they worked out how to dispose of everything? We, we all know mm. <laughs> that you can just wee in the suit. Can you wank in the suit? Probably not because your hands wouldn't be able to spacewalk. Yeah. What about a space wank? Well, if you can pee in the suit, mm. does your parts, is it just a nappy? It's probably a nappy. Or is there a little... Is there like a, some, like a tube that you're putting something into? Mm. Anyway, it's just worth thinking about. Yeah, yeah, at but, length. And maybe emailing the International Space Station. They seem to honestly have nothing better to do up there than to respond to emails. That's right. Do people masturbate in space? I think this would be a very important Mm. video to make. How about this? International Space Station, up late. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Because also there's no night and day up there, so it always kind of looks late. So that makes me think that it's probably Mm. very erotic up Mm. there. The International Space Station. When the sun goes down, that's when things get sexy. Yeah. I do think that there is still day on the International Space Station. Is there? Yeah, I would presume so. Because at I assume there's probably more the, day than there is up here. But they're on, sometimes they're on the opposite side of the Earth to... Um, and, and I think they're probably going around... Um, no, I think that yeah, I think their day would be shorter. I reckon they're um, going around Give me quicker a guess. than of how long I think it takes the yeah. International Space Station to go around the Earth. Okay, I think it takes eight hours. It takes eight hours for the International Space Station to orbit the Earth. I am I am hundred percent confident. Okay. In fact, I bet money on it. Um, oh God, I need this. Come on. Oh, the International Space Station travels in orbit around Earth at a speed of roughly seventeen thousand. 150 mm. miles per hour. That's yeah, about five quick. miles per second. Yeah, it's quick. This means that the space station orbits the Earth and sees a sunrise once every <clears throat> 92 minutes. What? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, that quick. Yeah, that's really quick, isn't it? Oh man, it's fun. I don't know why that was so much fun. Yeah, I think I think it's a great question. <laughs> mm. Let's put it in our science quiz. Yeah, well, because well, well, what what are the effects of having mm. a day go grow that fast? Mm. I guess um, you got to get you got to get into your pajamas so you gotta, much. You <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> um. They're still trying to do three meals a day. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you just have tiny ones. It's probably mm. really good for your metabolism. Maybe. Just like, you know, you just have like one or two spoonfuls of breakfast mm-hmm. cereal. I mm-hmm. imagine they, they like to have a lot of really liquidy meals for yeah. breakfast and things yeah. like that in a place where there's no. I oh, see what you do is squeeze out a ball of milk. That's what you would do. Ball of milk. Ball of milk. Plunge then. a single cornflake into the center of it, oh, it deep you, into the heart of the milk ball. Just a few, like just a bag. You know, not a bag, but just like, you know, you just mm. a handful. You just put, push them in there like that mm. and try to, you know, try to not. Get it to cling to your hands like mm. that. And then I guess you would sort of go to the other side of the room and then line it up and then open your mouth mm. and then launch yourself off the wall towards the mm. towards the ball mm. and then let it go in your mouth. Mm. Like that, and then sort of brace yourself for impact on the other wall. Yeah. And that's just the standard procedure. That's and they're doing that three times a day. No, no, and no. Days three, are... They're doing three th- times every 92 Days minutes. are only 46 minutes long than the night, obviously. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we it is weird, isn't it, that a day is 24 hours, mm. but the day is – and the, that's also divided up into the night and the day. Mm. So the day is all of it. Yeah. But then the day is also only some of it, and the night is some of it. But the night isn't all of it. You couldn't say a night is twenty four hours. No, could you? you would never say that. But a day is. Yeah. What's going on? No, you're right. 
I'm starting to come around to your way of thinking. There's a kind of like a Venn diagram thing where night is a subset of day. Mm. Like how a square is a subset of a rectangle. Mm. But in a way, it's a better part. Night is both night and day. Night is both night and a day. Yeah, it's part of a day. Mm. But a day, day, is both a thing and a bigger thing. Yeah. But then there's pure day and there's night day. And day day. And day day. So day day would be the full day. Yeah. Then there's the night, which is part of the day. I think day day is the day when the sun is up. Night is night day, and just day is day day plus night day. Well, there's so day. really there's three days in a day. Yeah, but one of them is kind of a day, mm. and the other one is the day. Mm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other one is night day, <laughs> but you don't even say not day. Yeah, it's just night. Yeah, yeah. It's a implied. day and the day. During the day, mm. a day. Anyway, is that a sketch? I think definitely. Yeah? Oh. Um. I think, um, how could we, how could we, how could we, could we do this as a, a political ad, mm. right? Somebody running for government and their entire platform is based around establishing clearly the distinction between day, mm. night day, and day day. Yeah. And the day and a day. Yeah. And maybe that we should stop saying that we've got 24 hours in a day. Mm. And then we should start saying we've got roughly 16 hours mm. mm-hmm. in the day. Mm. Roughly. Yeah. Yeah. Roughly. Maybe 14? I don't know. I don't know, man. Okay. Let's say eight. Let's mm. say so. Let's say 16. And then they go, and I think we should st- stop saying that. We should say there's 16 hours in the day, and then there's eight hours in the night. Mm. And each 24-hour cycle has both. Yes. What are you talking about? You left the room to go f- to a meeting. I never left the room. Yeah, you're right. I didn't do that either. And that I don't I, know why you're even bringing it up. Well, the important thing is that we still know what we were talking about. Yes. It's not going to be some yes, huge... exactly. Anuses um, that are also other things. Exactly what we were. <laughs> no, but it's a good guess. Yeah, so that's good. <laughs> I think we were actually pretty close. I think we were talking about a creature being a plastic bag. Yeah. Oh, I had an idea about ants recently. What was it? Mm, ants are going to love this. Yes. Oh, no, sorry. I didn't have an idea. You did. Well, <laughs> there was your joke about ant farms and how. Mm. Uh, what, yeah. what was it there? Uh, that I had an ant farm and I've got more ants than I could eat. <laughs> yeah. And I've, been, I've grown more ants than I could eat. But to be honest, I can't eat that many ants. <laughs> they, don't, they don't taste very good and they tingle when you... Sort of walk on your tongue. When you walk on your tongue. Yes. When they... yes. Um, Is that a nice yeah, idea? I don't know. What do you think? I mean, farming ants for food, mm. you know, home, home, farm, domestic, you know, farming for the apartment, mm. you know, how you can get sort mm. of um, a a balanced protein-rich diet mm-hmm. in, a, in a sort of a, a single-bedroom apartment. It's yes. very interesting. I think there's going to be a lot of reliance on fungus, probably, but ants will definitely oh, be part of the mix. Mold, mold, mm. slime mold, maybe. Mm. Isn't it interesting that all it turns out all the things that we're going to be eating in future mm. are all going to be the things that sound the most disgusting now? Ah, uh, not just sound, also are. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes, because fortunately, whether or not something sounds disgusting doesn't mm. matter nearly as much as whether or not it tastes disgusting. Mm. But the important thing is that no matter, even though we plants may no longer be able to grow on this mm, planet mm-hmm. uh, in the future, we'll always have just tons of spices that we didn't use while we were alive. That's true. Left in our house. But they will all be cloves. It'll be, it'll be sure. a very clove-heavy. Clovey-heavy mold mm. and slime-based <laughs> diet. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> clove mold. But the great thing about clove... Is mm. that it also numbs the mouth, right? Which will not quickly enough. No, I no, well, I mean, you could eat the cloves first yes. to numb your mouth, then quickly shovel in all the mold yeah, and slime. Right. So just a bit, a big hit, just coat the mouth with clove, mm. and then then you shove down the mold. Yeah, mm. and then you'll be able to swallow it. This is this would be a really 
like the post-apocalyptic cooking show is going to be really interesting because mm. it's all going to be about masking flavors. Mm. It's all going to be about minimizing the negative uh, experience of eating yeah. food rather than sort of heightening any sort of positive thing. That's right. And, and I, think- I find that if you get the proportions of mold and um, slime in the in the right, exactly the right mix, they cancel each other out, and it mm. just it just tastes like nothing. I mean, the texture's still awful. Mm. And it'll be one of those shows where they show you them growing the food themselves mm, and on the corpses like that, of you know? their yeah, friends. or like you know going out scavenging, mm. you know, maybe going into your neighbor's apartment and pulling their their sort of limp body or <laughs> stiff body at this point um, into your apartment and seeing what you can make from it. I think it. I think it's a real interesting sort of post-apocalyptic grey area. Mm. Is that sure? We don't agree with cannibalism. But if you can get a fungus growing on a dead body, mm. can you eat that fungus? And I think that that's fine. Right? Sure. You can get some mushrooms growing in somebody's it's eye not, sockets. It's not okay to you be You can a ca- feast on those mushrooms. Yeah, it's not okay to be a cannibal, but you can use that creature, that your neighbor's dead mm. body, as the food for the creatures that you... You could use it to lure rats. <laughs> a lure, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you could you could go fishing... With that, oh, I catch some sort of giant mutated lizard. Yeah, water lizard. Yeah, <laughs> or yeah, or, or sort of a shark. Or mm. I guess you could use still little bits of bait just to mm, catch flathead or sure. something. It, that would be the responsible thing to do. You don't have to use the whole body on a hook. Yeah, <laughs> just one big hook that you put through. The, I guess the well, chest. That's exactly what I was picturing. Yeah, <laughs> I see. For some reason, maybe because I heard a you know a horrible story once, but you would put it. The two hooks through the sort of near the ankle bones there. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. send it in like that and then lure the whole thing back mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. I guess the problem is that they might, if they don't bite the ankles and get the. Uh... Oh, they'll work their way up to the ankles. Exactly. So um, that's, a, that's an idea post apocalyptic uh, cooking show. Cooking show. Which okay. takes us to five, which, which means, means that we get to three words from a listener. We get to feast on these delicious three words. Do you want to guess who the third, uh, who the three words are coming from? Um, uh, oh, Karen Mirandison? Look, completely incorrect. Because it would be a name that you've heard before. Oh, not necessarily. Well, I'm telling you that it is. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Daniel K. No, we did that last week, I think. Oh, Mincorp Ostrich Pixel. Yes, it's Mincorp. Yes. Uh, No, it's not Mincorp, it's, it's... Stuart McCone. Oh, hello, Stuart. Lovely to hear from you. I'm assuming in this limited format. Hello, Stuart. Hi, Stu. I'm going to make a new type of Twitter, but just for three words. You're only allowed to put in three words, Mm. and I think I think that will improve the quality of the discourse. Bill, aware me. Bill, aware me. There you go. That's a good. That's a good one of those. And uh, then, and then all the responses are like, "How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> How Get dare fucked, you, will tosser? Be <laughs> oh, being trolled! Oh no! All right, here's Stuart's three words. Yeah, Stuart. Fake. Mm. Comic book. Okay, that's one word. Okay. Gift. Fake. Comic book. Gift. So yeah. say. Right. You were you got a piece of glowing green rock. Mm, okay. What would that be? That would be a fake bit of kryptonite. Kryptonite. Why is it fake? Because it's not a real thing. So if I gave that to you as a gift, um you wouldn't ha- it wouldn't be real. So <laughs> so so all, I guess all anything that comes from a comic book is fake. Well, no, not people. It's interesting, though. The idea like, of people is real. That it's like like kryptonite, which is in the book, is real in the book. But if you make it in real life, it becomes fake. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Something, if you take something, you, so you can be real in a fake medium, but you mm. try and bring that into the real world, that turns out to be fake in a real medium. The earth, the 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 world is is a medium. Yeah, reality is a medium. It is a medium. It's one of the ones. Yeah, <laughs> it's um. But I mean, I think that makes sense. There's kind of a mathematics to mm. it. Real, mm. yeah. Conservation in fake of... world, yeah, uh, is equal. So like real, sort of, and then in brackets, fake. 
um, yeah, yep. fake uh, rock, yeah. right? Uh, then you multiply that real times fake yeah. equals fake. Yeah. Always. Okay. Yeah. Yes. It's like an even number multiplied by an odd number. Mm-hmm. Or it's no, wait. <laughs> no, no. It's like it's like a positive number multiplied by a negative number. Yeah. Negative is fake. Fake mm. is negative. Mm. And uh, so, but then here's the thing: mm. if you have a, something that's fake in a fake world, mm. then that's real. That is that's, always real. That's always real. <laughs> <laughs> wow! I can't believe we just proved that mathematically. Yeah. So I guess that means that the Bible, because the Bible is fake, Alistair. I don't know if what? you know this, but oh, I'm a very edgy comedian. Andy, this is I'm a very, very edgy comedian. To me. So and if the Bible is fake, then that means that all the false idols in the Bible are yeah, real. They're real, which idols. means we should be worshiping a golden calf. Yeah. Oh my right. God. <laughs> that's and by all... God, I mean golden calf. Wait, wait, but does the idea of having to be having to worship them is mm. that real? Um, because that oh, is not yeah, a, that's right. not fake. <laughs> you're right. You're right. They were they were really worshiping it in a fake world. So there is a go- God. He is a golden calf. Yeah. But you don't have to worship him. Yeah. <laughs> or you have to fake worship him. <gasps> oh, it's getting it's getting it's getting complicated, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is this? Is this anything? Yeah, I think so. I think it's like a. You know, it's it's the conservation of reality. Mm. It's it's it, and we are um, trying to trying to apply mathematical principles and ideas to extract truth from the Bible, even if the Bible itself isn't true. We still think it could lead us to the truth. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, this is what's interesting: is yes. that this fake idol thing, mm. which because the the story is fake and the thing. It has resulted in something that is most likely real. I think that there would be a golden statue somewhere that is of a cow mm. in the real world. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's true. At, whereas things like God, mm. ha, because he's real in the Bible. Yeah. In a fake has, story. In a mm. fake story. No one's made a real god in reality. No. But people have made a real golden cow. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I'm confused or not. Yeah. That's a strange feeling. Well, because in the in the fiction, because they say that something is real, mm. um, then, then it means that they're fake. But people only say that something is fake Here's in the, the book I think if it's probably, achievable. I think... I think I, I think we're out on a limb here, Alistair, no, 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 no. because I like, think there are probably people in books who say that real things are real as well as fake things. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Well, but we're now saying that if something's real in a fake book, <laughs> it's not real. So that like well, whenever they talk about like, yeah, trees but, or no, something but, in the but, Bible, they're not real. Yeah, yeah, but that's okay. Is it? Because, because there, are, there are real ones in this reality. But I think you can like that. That and I'm not saying that that one defines what's real in reality. God, people are loving listening yeah, to yeah. this. I I'm can saying, tell. Um, look, I know that there's some flaws in my argument yeah. here and in all of this. Yeah. But if in the book, let's focus on the fake mm. things in the books. Yeah. Okay. Let's say in the book there was a fake god, mm. not a, not an idol like this mm. thing, right? If in the book there was a fake God, and so you could say, well, um, but they would mi- maybe have to explain in the book. Because it's fake, that means that there's a way in which it's, it's, it's achievable to recreate in the real world. Right. Sure, right? sure, sure. That's what makes it fake yeah. and not a real super – You're like, right. Super... You're right. So therefore you can go, well, somebody could probably do this in the real world. Yeah. And there probably is one. Yeah. So what, using the Bible to work out that it's possible to make a golden cow. Right, exactly. we've proven that it's possible <laughs> because it's fake. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Because if it, if they were in the Bible, right, and there was like a magic cow mm-hmm. that sort of glowed all the colours of the rainbow and hovered above the land, and people were worshiping that, yeah, you'd be like, oh no, no, that's fake. But they wouldn't put that in. They wouldn't put that in because 
they would have been there would have been some legitimate magic going on with that cow. Mm-hmm. So you, they don't want to give the uh, the poss- allow the possibility that there might be magic cows. Mm. I like it. How do you feel about this, Alistair? As just a little sub idea, yeah. right? Just the idea that we start worshiping a golden cow. Mm, you know, just okay. to, just in our day to day lives. Like if if one day you saw me. Yeah. Right. And I was just carrying around a little sculpture of a golden cow and occasionally yeah. I'd whisper to it and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. And then like the next day I've got like a necklace that has a, a, a golden cow's yeah. head on it and I hold it in my hand and I go, Summone dum dum, summone dum dum. Yeah. You know, like that. Um <laughs> Somebody's dum dum, somebody's dum dum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's you, mate. <laughs> um Anyway, I just think that would be an interesting direction for I me think to think. That could be an, an interesting thing mm. for um, Martin and Jerry to do. Yeah. Okay. Occasionally, we do just like to worship <laughs> this metal, you know, because we know at least that the metal. <laughs> at least that, it is real. That this metal cow is real. And, and so it makes more sense to what, worship it. And what we are worshiping is the construction quality of the cow. Mm. I mean, you know, look at that. Look at the flawless way in which its hooves enmesh with the plinth. Ah yes, ah. You cannot deny that's not the gonna... awesome power of that plinth and the value of the metal. Mm. Mm. That's anyway. you know, <laughs> yeah, it's got real world mm-hmm. applications. Mm-hmm. You could turn that into money, melt that down, turn that into something that people will buy, mm. and then use that money to say feed your family or something more important. Correct. Um, anyway, I think we have five ideas and we've done some sort of thing, <laughs> some sort mm-hmm. of thing with these words. Yep. <laughs> Stuart, thank you. If you listen to all of that, I'll be very surprised. <laughs> um, and uh, I'll take you through. Oh, well, look, I think, I think, Alistair, did I mention Harry's again during the podcast? Yes, you did. Well, I'll mention it again, harrys.com forward slash think tank. I'd also like to mention our show at the Comedy Festival, Teleport. Oh, yes, please. With Martin and Jerry. Um, which yeah. is going to be a very, very fun show. We're enjoying working on that a lot. Alistair has a show coming up as well. Oh, my God, I do. Yes, yes it's called Alistair Trombley Virtual. Couldn't be more thrilled with everything. And you can also support us on Patreon, etc. So I'm mentioning Patreon a little bit earlier oh, in case yeah. there's anybody who tunes and out at the end and doesn't want to hear about it. we've had a bunch of people sign up recently. And yes. they're, you know, maybe they're into the Sci-Fi Try Guys. That's a bonus episode thing. Where we Alistair's write latest story. story is very, very good. And I'm very sh- well written. Well, I feel extremely intimidated. I don't like it. I don't know. I don't like that feeling. Case, but I would. I bet you Andy's is really good. I haven't heard it yet, but I bet you it's good because every single one of his are, are well written. You know and, what? And he, and he knows that he is subtly intimidating me every single time. He's writing it, and the joy that he gets from writing <laughs> it is knowing that he's crushing me. Hey, he's and laughing because it's true. He goes, "Oh the fuck, he's not gonna try as hard, you know, as me." And then, and I'm gonna, and I, I just have that natural, great bit of writing from all those years as a kid, reading endless amounts of books because I didn't have any access to reality because we didn't lived have in any the friends. <laughs> yes, and now he's flaunting that. Oh, he's so lucky. I am lucky. Now here's the stories um, <laughs> from the, the podcast today. Mm, today's the stories. sketch ideas. We got Puddle Hunter. Yes. Yeah. This is a mixture of a, it's a subset of uh, oceanography. It's just puddleography. Mm. And they also It's much more dynamic. It's a much more dynamic field. Well, they're coming in and out of existence. They're mostly following storm hunters a lot Mm. of the time and and looking in their footprints. (laughs) Then we got Wiley Coyote's inspiring recovery. (laughs) Hey. What happens in between, mm. you know, those uh, the, the attempts on, on Roadrunner's life? It's the real story. It's unbelievably inspiring. I watched a show, a movie called, it was a French movie, and it was called like something like uh, Les Enfants Bleus or something like Les that. Les Enfants? Uh, no, it wasn't that, but it was something, something sounded a bit like that. And it was about a guy and there's a guy in a wheelchair and there's another guy looking after him and they sort of go on this, uh, sort of adventure oh. together and that sort of thing Seen like that. Movie. But then there's one guy and then there's also, um, Wiley Coyote I think in they the made, wheelchair. I think they made an, um, an American version that might've had, um, who's the guy who was going to host the, uh, the Oscars, but then he... The Kevin Clancy, Hart? Kevin Hart. I think really? Was, yeah. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. What a choice. Yeah. Now good on him. And uh, then we've got the button into the brain that makes uh that makes you go floppy or whatever it does. <laughs> it's just it's just a button that some some you know it's attached to something that you know like a 
a bit of metal that goes mm. into your brain and you press it sometimes and it just does something. It just pokes and, and, your brain. And the, the different amount of things that it could do is as individual to you as you are to yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The uh, different number of things that it could do are as many and varied as the types of acquired brain injuries. Exactly, that you could get. Or other things yeah, that might not be more. an injury, just could be a, a response to an electrical mm-hmm. click. It'll basically be one of those buttons for lighting a barbecue. Yes, <laughs> oh, but on your head. But on your head <laughs> going. piezoelectric lighter yeah. type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got pro-demonic cures. It's a goop for men. Mm. And uh, they, uh, but it's, you know, it's basically just a goop of for demon-based stuff mm. to increase your sort of, uh, your, your demonic flora mm. uh, in your body. I guess it's more demo- demonic fauna. And I guess it's called ooze. But then are we, is bacteria, is that flora? Um, Gut bacteria, is that yeah, a considered question. a flora? That's a good question, not sure. So then demons could also be flora. We don't know. Well, you'd think it would only really be flora if it was photosynthesizing, right? It probably is gut fauna, more realistically. Mm. Who knows? Interesting to think about. We'll get back to you with that. Then we've got post-apocalyptic cooking show. Mm. Then we have the conversation, a conservation of reality Mm. and how things that are not real in fiction and fiction, which is also not real. Let's not dive back into this, Alistair. Let's not try and explain it. And also, um, I've just, this is not really a sketch, but we will worship a false idol. Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, We're just thinking about it. (laughs) Kiss the cow, that kind Mm. of stuff. Um, oh, what about a reality show for messiahs? You know, like a mm. sort of a competition. Like if we were to pick a new god, mm-hmm. I think it should be done through some kind of um, yeah. televised. Um, and you, you could even call it Australian Idol, and it would mm, it would a, still work. Yeah, great. Australian fa- false idol. False idol, sure, okay. <laughs> and what you have to do is really convince people. So we're not saying that it is God, but we're saying who's the most convincing. As an alternative to God. And yeah. really, I guess it's a way to find the Antichrist. Right? I think that would be great, yeah. yeah. But, but uh, we're, sick pres- of, we're sick of waiting for the Antichrist to present himself. This show, we're going to go out and we're going to find the Antichrist, yeah. the next big Antichrist. Mm, that's right. It's almost like like waiting for like a, the, the next pandemic disease kind mm. of thing. Well, I'm sick of waiting. Yeah, because, I mean, sometimes some of these people who might be the devil incarnate, are stuck, say, in a poor community and they don't have the resources mm. to both keep themselves alive and then also spread their message. Yeah, of, of, of hate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Think of all those, that, that wasted potential. But maybe their message isn't always of hate. It's just a method of making people evil mm. so that they can cultivate their souls. You're right. But also they can be like, hey... God's not so good either. He is getting your souls. Mm. Um, he's just got better PR. Yeah. Yeah. And and once you've given all your souls to God, I mean, it's like uploading all your data into the Google Cloud. Who's to say that at a certain point, God's not going to turn around and start charging you $20 a month for that privilege? Sounds like something he's just aching to do. I wouldn't be at all surprised. Or if he's just like, yeah, you got to have sex with my soul. Your soul has to have sex with my soul. It'll be like that Bikram yoga guy or whatever. Oh, no. (laughs) Imagine if that guy was God. He's probably a God. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Sinking, dinking, 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 sinking, dinking, 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 Reflect on some moment of shame or embarrassment, no, and I don't know if you ever do this. With that feeling. If you ever do this, but then you sometimes make a vocal sound, yeah, of like, oh, I did that out loud. I normally keep it so I only do those when I'm driving alone in the car. <laughs> <laughs> but I did one on the train the other day. I let one slip out. I didn't realize, <laughs> so I'm just sitting there looking at my phone on the on the train, and then I go. <laughs> what were you thinking about? Um, the other day at work, when uh, we have a new employee at work, mm. and um, you gave her a hug, hello, 
Mm. And I thought, oh, we're giving hugs hello. And then I went to give her a hug hello and she went to shake my hand. And then I was like, fuck. Alistair probably just knows her from somewhere else. Had you met her before and like hung out with her and stuff? Not really. No, no. I also oh. was like, I think she was like realizing that we're like, we're probably not, we're going to be doing the kisses. And then, and then we did it. And then she's like, we'll just do it for the first one. Fuck. Okay. Right. I mean, it's still, I still felt so bad. I was just like, oh, well, that's what's happening. I don't want to do the wrong thing. But then she went for the handshake and I was going for the hug. And then I sort of, yeah. Oh man. I wish I could be dead. Uh, don't worry, you will be eventually. Thank God. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Two in Tank. I'm at Alistair TB. I'm at Stupid Old Annie. And you can review us if you like. You know, it helps immensely. Apparently, uh, I think at this point we're probably beyond it no, helping, but it no. helps our emotions. Exactly, Andy. And our emotions we bring into the studio. It doesn't help other people to find the podcast, but it helps us to find the podcast enjoyable. <laughs> Other people can find the podcast by looking over your shoulder at the phone or if you, say, mm. download it and force them to listen to it. Or, or play shout it out, about it in public. Play it out loud in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On your Bluetooth speaker. Yeah. Hide Bluetooth speakers around people's Other backyards. Other people's houses. You and... get free ones sometimes when you buy it, like mm-hmm. a slab of beer or something like that. Sometimes you think, oh, that's just garbage. What am I going to do with that? I'll tell you what you're going to do with that. You're going to take that home. You're going to charge it fully. And then you're going to put it on top of a lamppost or something like that. Exactly. Outside a, a place of worship. And remember that we love, love you. you. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.